Welcome to the Brunch and Slay podcast, your weekly dose of inspiration. Well, we remember that if she can, I can, we all can. I'm your host, Amira Sane, founder of Brunch and Slay, a lifestyle brand created to inspire women to live their best life every day. Everybody, welcome back to the Brunch and Slay podcast. I'm your host, Amira Sain, founder and CEO of BAS Media and Brunch and Slay. I am so excited to be here. Every time I pick, get in front of this microphone, I'm excited. I have got to think of a better way to describe how I feel, but there's, it really is excitement. I get giddy when I think about who I'm going to talk to because we always have amazing guests on the show, women who pour into me, who inspire me, and I hope you guys get just as inspired every week when you listen to the show. Uh, obviously, you, some of you do because you listen every week. And for that, I say thank you. Humbly, full of gratitude. Thank you a million times over. And thank you to all of you who continue to share the show and tag us on your social media platforms so that we can shout you out and give you a proper thank you. Um, I am a Southern girl, so I believe in giving thanks, guys. Uh, this show is going to give you a little bit of pep in your step. It's going to make you yearn for those days where you were out there jamming at festivals if you retired that already. But if you're still out in the zone, you're going to be inspired. In the next festival yet, you're going to go seek out the woman who's on the show today. So today uh, we have a woman who is a true innovator. I love it when I'm connected with people who start a business out of need because those seem to be the businesses that truly thrive and it's just a different passion that's attached to them. And I'm so intrigued by this woman and I'm so happy to have her on the show. Welcome to the show, Miss Serena Flowers, who is the founder of The General Store. And when you guys find out what The General Store is, you're going to love it. Hey, Serena. Hi, good morning. Thank you for having me. Man, you know, I am so in awe because you're a California girl and I got a secret place in my heart for you guys. I think I should have been born in California. (laughs) You're always welcome here. (laughs) Well, the general store is a really cool uh, pop-up that takes that is in festivals, music festivals all over. And I know clearly I'm tongue-tied this morning. I will not do it justice. So will you tell the BAS tribe about the general store? Yes, yes. So um, basically, I am a convenience store right in the middle of a music festival. I mean, that's the best way I can describe it. When I say, oh, I run general stores for music festivals, people look at me and say, what? And then I really have to explain like the culture of what's happening to music festivals across the country. I mean, across the world now, um, it's a very, very popular ritual that people go to. And so when you go to a festival, you need things and you can't really leave. A lot lot of these festivals are massive. So I'm actually basically a retail store um, where you can find all your goods and needs so you can skip along and go to the next stage and have a good time. Right. And how cool is that? Now take us back. You have a really cool story about how you figured out the need for this. So take us back to that day when the idea came to you. Yes. So I was that girl. Oh, I don't want to date myself, but I will. I think it was like 2005. I went to Coachella Music Festival here in California and um, it's in a desert. So I thought, okay, it's going to be hot and 
I went with three girlfriends and I had shorts on and a pair of wedges and like a cute little top. And we're like, Ooh, let's go. And we went inside the festival and it was great. And then the sun went down and it got really cold and the wind came in and we all got lost. I mean, it was like, a, it was like fun, fun, fun. And then it turned into a nightmare. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know. And back then it was probably only like 50,000 people at the festival. Now Coachella holds about 125,000 people, wow. but still 50,000 is a lot. Yes. And, um, so I got lost. I was freezing. I broke my shoe and uh, I was, I got in line to get a sweatshirt because I was cold. Right. And it took me like an hour and a half to finally get up there. Cause everyone else was cold. And I remember the guy saying, Oh, we're sold out. And I'm like, no. What? <laughs> and he's like, but I have like an extra, extra large in this. Like, I don't even remember what it was. It was like some hip hop. It was like orange and gold. I was like, whatever, just give me the sweatshirt. And, um, so like within an hour, my experience turned from super fun to, I want to get the hell out of here. And, <laughs> and so I went to my car, of course, Debin, my girlfriend, she had my keys. So when I drove out there and when I walked out there and finally found my car, I couldn't get in the car. And so I sat there by the, by the wheel and I just thought, there's just no way I could have been the only unprepared girl here. There's just no way because at that time I always went to see bands and music and outside events. And I thought, wow, this is, this could be something. And, um, I really thought, well, if I could hit like 1% of, of, of the audience, then I might have a business. And I was really young. I was in my early twenties. I, I, um, you know, I wasn't going to, I wasn't fortunate enough to go off to college. I, I came from, I'm an only child. My mom was a single mom. We weren't poor, but we weren't rich, you know, and, and there wasn't a lot of, at that time, I didn't think there was a lot of opportunity for me. It was very narrow, but I always had a creative, uh, I always had a creative spark in my mind. I was always a hustler. I always could figure out how to make a dollar and something just felt right. I was like, you know what? I bet you I could do this. So I applied the following year. Now, I didn't have any money, so I really couldn't I really couldn't buy products for the cold at night, but I do remember that it was really really hot in the daytime. So I I had only three products. I I sold a parasol for the sun, a little hand fan, and a little water mister, you know, like a battery operated water mister. I had three products. And, and I knew I only had like 10 hours to sell and let's see if this is really going to work. <laughs> and it worked. It really worked. I think I made, I think I made like $5,000 that weekend. And that was just like huge to me. I was like, Oh my God, I made $5,000. And that's where it started. Wow. There's so many things I am flabbergasted by and so many amazing things about that story. And I want to touch on them because we talk about this a lot. And a lot of times we hear different stories and we don't connect them. A couple of things. One, you had an idea. You didn't immediately jump in your car and go seek a festival. You waited a year. So she prepared guys. That's number one. Number two, 
you didn't feel overwhelmed because your initial need or what triggered the idea wasn't met. So you didn't have anything for cold, but you knew it was hot. So you thought about that and you probably got some affordable things and you sold out and you committed to it. So, and you followed through. So you applied, you were accepted and you had a plan, man. Okay. I mean, seriously, I mean, that, that it sounds so simple now because you just said it, how you did it, but how many people have ideas and they're just ideas, right? Yeah. They're just ideas. You know, even <laughs> to this day, and, and this is what I, I hope your audience gets, and this is why I'm really passionate about talking about this, is it still works to this day. I still, when I see opportunity, opportunities around all around you guys. Okay. It's just, you got to take action. It only comes in for a second and then it's gone. And, and when you can be aware of like, Hmm, basically all my successes have been off needs. I've grown my business. Now I have over a hundred products because I see the opportunity of need. When a girl comes up and says, you know, I mean, this might be a little bit too much, but this is, this is what's going on right now. I, I do festivals all over the country and we did this EDM show in Ohio in the middle of nowhere. Right. And this girl comes up and she's like, my tummy doesn't feel good. I think I have a bladder infection. And I was like, there's nothing I can do for you, little girl. Like I'm in the, I'm in the middle of nowhere too. So I told my um, festival director, Hey, the next time we do a festival, I want you to purchase those Azos to give them a mm-hmm. repeat. And she's like, well, how many should we buy? And I was like, oh, just buy like 150 of them. It should last like the whole year, you know? Do you know the next festival we did, we sold out of those in the first day. Wow. The first of all, we got to take better care of our bladders. <laughs> I think what happens is, uh, you know, they get dehydrated out there. I mean, some, some of them are camping gigs. You know, it, it's definitely survival. Uh, yeah. I was really surprised. So again, it was back to really being aware of a need. Um, so I just wanted to throw that in. No, there. I think that's so helpful. I, I'm, if, there's so many things about your story, guys. And, and we, are, we are, one of my things I always want you to do is I want you to go follow and research the folks that are on the show. This is not about laying out all their, every single accolade they have because she has tons and she is definitely a woman to watch and she is self-made and she's created something that's amazing, a very prosperous business. If you want to know more about that, Google her. It's not hard to find. And you will be just amazed. And I, I enjoy meeting women who make something out of nothing. I really, truly enjoy that. And that's probably why you guys hear a lot of that on this show, because I think that's what I can relate to. I don't have a trust fund. You know, I don't have, I didn't come from a wealthy family. I have literally sacrificed, pushed myself just like Serena here to create something that's for me. And I can't relate to people whose dad was a Hollywood star and they, you know, they had the connections to do things. That is not my wheelhouse. But women who are out here creating and building because of a desire that God put in their heart and opportunity they saw, that speaks to me. And I think it speaks to you guys. So I definitely want you to keep that in mind when you're listening to the show. And of course, we love your support. But if you're not growing, what's the point in listening, right? Like if you're not getting a little inkling of something that could push you along the way, then shame on me, you know? (laughs) So 
I know that you're in a, you're a businesswoman, like you said, and you are at tons of festivals. Talk to me about some of the greatest challenges that you faced in the early days when you were soliciting. You got this at Coachella. It worked. So how do you get into other festivals? How do you pitch it to them and make them realize that there's a need? And how do you shut down people because they're going to see what you're doing and they're going to try to creep in on your territory? So I'm sure those were some challenges, right? Oh, that, that's a good question. Um, I could tell you a hundred stories about those, but um, okay. So I did Coachella the first year, right? And, and to me, I killed it. I sold everything. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it the second year and I'm going to double my merch, the same items, right? Right. So I go to the show the next year. And at this time, there was other vendors at that festival. Coachella now doesn't have outside vendors. It's been, you know, it's the 18th year. And um, so I do it the second year. Do you know every single vendor had my products? Wow. And I didn't sell anything mm-hmm. because it was saturated. And that was the first experience where I was like, whoa, whoa, this is doggy dog world out here. <laughs> like, you know, I might not have done that to someone else. And, and I really want to tell your audience that the same thing. Like you might not do that to someone else, but don't. Esther, don't underestimate that someone else wouldn't do it to you. Say that again. You got, we talk about that all the time. People taking, I, I won't say taking, but yes, yes. You know, so really, you have yeah. to be, be aware of like, okay, you killed it. You did a great job, but you know, the haters are going to go out there and go, well, I'm going to buy the same product. So I learned that lesson the hard way. I mean, I did, I, I don't even remember what I think I, oh, that was a horrible year. So that made me think, okay, you need to broaden your, your products. Like you need to open up more products. Let's, let's open this up. And that's, that's where um, it shifted. And, and then I started selling, you know, sunscreen. And, and then when I started doing deals with producers, I asked for exclusivity. I was like, okay, how do I lock this in? That's right. Pitches, I'd say, okay, excuse me. I'd say, all right, well, I'm going to have these products. Can I be exclusive? Can I, I'll even, you know, if they would say yes, boom, perfect. If they would kind of hesitate, you know, I would say, well, I'll give you an extra percentage if I can be exclusive. So that really knocked my competition out for, for many years is that I would, um, make an exclusive contract. And then I got a little bit smarter and then I hit my contracts even longer. Like, you know, let's sign a five year deal mm-hmm. every, every year. Um, and then I would be safe. You know, I, I would, I would feel comfortable. Where, okay. I can go drop this much money on hand fans because I know these people over here aren't allowed to sell them for five years. Mm-hmm. And how did you, get into other festivals. How did you realize, okay, I got to, I got to broaden this to monetize it and truly make it what I need it to be? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, at the beginning, my mindset was very narrow. I, I really stuck with festivals in California. My mind could not get a, get across. Like, how do you get merch across the country? How do you, how do you get a crew there? There's just no way I can do this. Are you kidding? I just couldn't think big. And then, um, what happened? Oh, so I could, okay. So I created this really cool department for Coachella. It was called the ice department and we sold ice to all the campers there's over 50,000 kids at camp at Coachella. And I had this huge ice account. That's where a lot of my money came from at the, at the beginning of, of my career. And, um, 
talk about competitors coming in. So a beverage company came in and said, well, we're the beverage company. Ice is considered beverage. And he took that account from me. And it was, it was talking about, it felt like betrayal. And it was the last, it was Mm. just, it was like, it was like breaking up with the love of your life. You know, I I lost, um, it was a $150,000 account, you guys. It was a lot of money and I created it. I literally saw the opportunity. These kids were like, I need ice. I brought my peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Like, I I know this festival is going to be expensive. Like my mayonnaise is melting. I started this ice, you know, department. Anyway, this company came in and took this account. Now, I, I could have just stayed in my house and cried about it and, and um, you know, ended there. But that's not what you do as an entrepreneur. You have to find solutions. So I thought to myself, well, what can we do? What am I going to have to do to, to make up this money? So I started researching other festivals. And huge festivals were in other states. And there was a festival in Georgia called Tomorrow World. And I thought, how do we get to Georgia? <laughs> like, how do we get to Georgia to do this festival? Because I knew I could make money there. I knew it was a camping gig. I knew 100,000 kids were going to go there. It was a very, very popular brand. They, they did a festival. They still do a festival in Belgium. And they were moving over here to the United States. And I thought, what do we have to do to get, to get there? And I told Shelly, let's just get there. Let's figure it out. And we did. We drove trucks. We freighted things. We found uh, we found staffing in Georgia. We did it, and that was that was the beginning of doing festivals across the nation. Once I did it, I was like, "Oh, that wasn't that bad." You know, it's it's amazing the things that you'll the stories that you'll make up in your head of what you can't do, and it, it'll it will limit you. And it's too bad you you know. I was up against the wall. You know, I knew I was losing this amount of money. So maybe that's what pushed me more. You know, sometimes I think when you're comfortable, you don't have to go do it. So I, I didn't, I felt like I didn't have a choice. You know, I I was going to risk something to see if I can make it. And then once I went through that veil, I was like, Oh, and I did shows in Delaware, New York. We went to Ohio. We went to, where else did we go? Um, God, I can't even remember all the places. So that's what happened. Pitching um, producers, you know, festivals are in need for accommodations. Like when you put that many people in an area, you producers want to accommodate them. So I don't think my pitching was that difficult because it was such a need. And that's what I would just really, really drive them. Hey, you're inviting 50,000 people or a hundred thousand people or 20,000 people to your festival. Let's don't forget that they're coming for an experience. Let me help you with that experience. So basically I'm giving them value. Like, hey, we all know why we're here. You guys are here to make money. The kids are coming here for an experience. What happens when, you know, they need a Band-Aid? Like, if you have a blister on your foot, you're not going to have a good experience. Like, a $2 Band-Aid is going to help them bridge back to where they're running off to. Like, they're going to they're gonna talk on social media like, oh, that was the greatest show versus I'll never go back to that festival again because I couldn't get 
A, B, and C. So. More Brunch and Slay after this. Hey, you fabulous powerhouses. Having you support the podcast by subscribing, reviewing, and sharing is awesome. And it's made each episode reach more and more people every week. But did you know that as a listener-supported show, we rely on you to keep these wheels turning? And for as little as $1 a month, you help me keep giving you great content and even better guests. And yes, ma'am, you heard that right. For only $12 a year, you support the dream. So head on over to patreon.com forward slash brunch and slay. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash brunch and slay. And now back to brunch and slay. Man, that's so amazing. There's so many great things. I think a lot of times, and the examples you gave are, are just amazing, from you going back the second year and it just totally knocking the wind out of your sails. And instead of quitting, like most people would have done and said, oh, well, they stole my idea. I had the idea first. You said, uh-uh, we're going to figure this out. What, <laughs> what could I have done differently, you know? And then even with the ice, sometimes, a lot of times in small business, big business always will have more dollars than you in your business. I don't care how you slice it or dice it. They will always have more money for marketing, for inventory. And you, instead of just taking that line down, you decided there has to be other uh, festivals that need me. So you were resourceful and you kept on pushing. That tells me a lot about your personality. And I'm liking you more and more with each answer. <laughs> so, man, now you also, you want to help people. You aren't just somebody who's made her money, living her great life. You have decided to help other folks. And I know you have a podcast coming out, The Millionaire Mentor. Yes, yes. So I want to know more about it. Yeah. I'm so excited. So I love listening to podcasts. I just love this new platform. Um, it's amazing. So, you know, I'm not a life coach. I don't want to be a coach. Um, but I do enjoy mentoring other women. My jam is like really letting women know, like, you guys can do it too. You have all the power inside you. Just haven't unleashed it yet. And that's too bad that we're in this position. But if I can do, if I can help just one at a time, then I'm going to do it. So um, this year, I'm so excited. My whole jam is I want to collaborate with a thousand women. I want to connect and collaborate with a thousand women. And that doesn't mean you have to be in business. I mean, you could be working at Starbucks. I want to connect with you. Um, and we are doing a show. It's pretty raw. It's, it's basically talking about current events, what's happening in my business, um, and, and lifestyle. I'm also a, a single mom. I had my baby at 43. That's another thing. Like everyone's, Oh no, you can't do that. You know, even doctors, Oh no, you can't have a baby. It's, it's, you're too late. And I had a beautiful baby boy with no problem. So that's another thing. And you can have a child when you are a successful businesswoman. Don't think that you can't. That's right. How do you do it? How do you do it? You can do it. Like one day at a time. <laughs> and, and it, I mean, I, I am fortunate. I have teams. I have a traveling nanny. Um, I had that baby in my later years because I wanted to be able to afford a child, you know? So, um, so I just wanted to let you guys know that you can no. do that. But the men woman. <laughs> yeah, but mentoring, I really want to, um, I want to let you guys know that you have options 
you know, we, we are raised to listen to what our parents have done, uh, traditions, but it's moving fast. You guys, things are changing fast and, um, you have options out there. And if you don't know what you don't know, then you're never going to know. And I'm one of those girls that like want you to know that you can do it. So that's what that is. And then hopefully once I get a thousand, uh, girls, I want to do a live event. I'm pushing to do my own Let's call it a festival. We can call it a festival. Yes, but I'm here for that. I really want to do um, my own live event. You know, I've, I've done festivals. Oh my God, this is my 18th year. I go to conferences. I, I support women. I just went to a conference this weekend and I really want to bridge it. Like if, if you go to a conference, I don't want to say that they're dry, but they're mm-hmm. just... You know what I'm saying? I know. It's, just, it's not an experience. Everything you're saying, literally speaking to myself, I'm, if you look at our marketing, you see experience everywhere. That's what it's about. It's not, no, people are no longer just giving their dollars so they can take a couple of days off work and take a conference. You better be lighting them up. You better give them some post-worthy uh, pictures. You better fill their soul up and you better have folks there they want to see. And it's as simple as that. And so you get it. I know you get it. As many festivals as you're at, but how cool is your platform? I love it. Yeah, so that's what we're going for. And if you guys want to um, go to my website, it's serenaflowerscollective.com. And Jordan, my assistant, she put a really cool thing up there. It, it's going to, you know, you just sign up and we have a couple questions like who you are and where you're at. And then we can check out the demographics because we'll probably have the first one here in California. But um, we'll be able to see like where girls are signing up at. And then we're going to do pop-ups. We're going to do Yay. really cool so hopefully it gets big enough we can come out to Texas, Dallas. Yes, Dallas, Houston, either one of those cities, you can find me there. So yes. Or now, here and check out California. Absolutely. I've, I told you in my heart, I'm a California girl. So I'm there. Sign me up. Let me know the dates in advance so I can clear my calendar. I'm here for it. Awesome. So the questions I want to ask you next are questions I want you just to say the first thing that comes to your mind, okay? Okay. All right. So when they say no, I... I laugh. No, <laughs> I love that. I love that. Okay. You wouldn't believe I, uh, you wouldn't believe I have a boyfriend that's 20 years younger than me. Whoop whoop. Yeah. <laughs> now tell me about what you're binging on Netflix. What are you watching right now? If it's not Netflix, Hulu, whatever platform, tell us what you're binging on. Okay. So I have to be honest with you. I don't watch TV. I don't. Um, it's funny you say that because my, my sister Jordan, she loves Netflix and she'll be like, oh my God, are you watching this? And I look at her and I'm like, oh, have you read this book? <laughs> you sound like me. Well, what, what podcast are you binging on? That might be something. Let's see. Um, I've been listening to, I just listened to, I've been listening to Tiffany Carter. She's out here. She's a, um, she's a life coach and I really like her. And then also um, Boss Moms, um, Dana, she's a, she's a girlfriend of mine. She's got a great podcast as well. I'm really big on like women empowerment stuff. Really? That is so surprising. No. <laughs> so, okay. So tell me about the craziest celebrity sighting that you've, that you've had. Um, okay. Let's see. So Kendrick Lamar, 
I can tell you so many stories about Kendrick Lamar. But um, so Kendrick's playing at Coachella and I'm, I'm like, I'm really fortunate. I get to be up in the front row um, and my assistant's with me. And honestly, at that time, I really didn't know who Kendrick Lamar was. And I'm really honestly not into rap music. That's not my style. Maybe it's because I'm a little bit older, but I'm standing there. Right. And I'm like, I'm, it's, it's, it's called a, um, it's like a pit, right? And I'm standing there and here comes Kendrick Lamar and he's in front, he's literally in front of me rapping at me. And you could tell, like, he's like looking at me like, hey, you know? And my, and my assistant's like, oh my God, Kendrick Lamar's singing to you right now. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, really? She's like, Serena, like, look. And I'm like, okay. So, and then he goes to the left and, you know, we're giggling and here he comes again. And she's like, oh my God, here he comes again. And I'm like, who is Kendrick Lamar? She's like, do not say that out loud. <laughs> and I'm like, am I supposed to know who this is? And she's like, this is like the number one artist in the world right now. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> well, I mean, so there's one right there. And then one time um, years ago, I also was a food vendor back in the day. And um, I was, my booth was in VIP. And I see this guy from... I see this guy from far away and I'm like, wow, that's a good looking guy, you know? And here he comes. I'm like, oh, here he comes. And then he gets a little bit closer. I'm like, oh, that's Justin Timberlake. No wonder he's a good looking guy. <laughs> so he walks up and he and he he orders some chips and guacamole. And this is when he wasn't married. He had this like gorgeous like model with him. And we always say this thing like, hold it from the bottom, because sometimes the chips and the guacamole will like fall over, you know? So I tell him, I'm like, hey, hold it from the bottom. And he goes to pick it up and he doesn't hold it from the bottom and it all falls everywhere. And I'm like, what did I just tell you? <laughs> and um, one of the girls that was working for me, she's like, oh, let me get him another one. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to make him pay for that. That guy's a millionaire. It's not, his, it's not my problem that you dropped it. Right. <laughs> so he was so embarrassed. He's like, you just told me to hold it from the bottom. I'm like, yeah. So then he bought another one and, you know course he tipped us really good but uh, yeah I could tell you stories all day long about and you know when you when you do meet rock stars and they do get in front of you they really are just another human being by the time they get up in front of you you're like oh right you're not as shiny as I thought <laughs> you know oh, he's kind of short or wow he's just a normal person Wow. So, I mean, there's so many crazy things I'm sure that you see all the time. So this Saturday, you can brunch with anybody in the world, dead or alive. Who are you brunching with? Who am I brunching with? I have to close my eyes. Who would I want to sit with? Um, I would want to sit with Oprah. I don't blame you. I love Oprah. I mean, I, you know... I grew up in the 80s and 90s when she first started, and um, I was an only child. I'm mixed. I'm half white, half black, and uh, that was probably the first, you know, black woman that I could relate to because I grew up, uh, my mom raised me. My dad did My dad was black. My mom, my mom raised me, so my dad wasn't in my life, so I didn't. I didn't get to have a black culture. I didn't get to, my mom, I could go in it forever about this one too, but um, I didn't get to have that. So I would always go home at three o'clock and be so excited to watch her because I felt like she was a, an auntie that I never had for my whole life. It was like, Oprah was my auntie. She's like my TV auntie. 
So I would love to sit with her and just say thank you for, for um, being my TV auntie. Oh, and now what part of your life are you currently slaying? Um, this new adventure, this, this thousand women, this, this, that's what I'm slaying at right now. I'm just going for it. It's a little scary because it's uncertain and, um, but you can hear it in my voice. I'm super excited about it. Or maybe it's the latte I just drank. (laughs) (laughs) No, I can't wait to see what you come up with. Now, one of the, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, one of the things that's really important to me as the founder of Brunch and Slay is that we always connect with the people who pour into us and we always pour right back into them. So I'd like to know what vibes or prayers can the Brunch and Slay tribe send your way to help you along your journey? Oh, that's so sweet. You don't really hear that very often. <laughs> well, we mean it. <laughs> I love it. Like, what can you do for me? Yeah. Well, you guys could send me... Um, Oh, you can send me some, some more power to really make this happen for 2019. Because I think if, if I'm encouraged to create this, this is going to be the beginning of something really big and it's really going to um, benefit you girls. You know, I, I want to be the one to uh, be a platform for you ladies to like be a part of something and if I have, um, if I'm encouraged more and more every day to do that, then the faster it'll get done. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And I'm sending those vibes your way right now. So I hope you feel them. Hope you feel that wave of energy. So where can people follow you? How can they support you? Yes. So um, I think the best way is just to go to my website, serenaflowerscollective.com. And um, whatever platform you guys like to be on, like Instagram or Facebook, I'm there. My um, uh, my Instagram is kind of interesting. It's really like current events of what's going on. Um, you can follow me, like all the festivals I'm going to go to. I am very raw. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's not rated R, but it's... <laughs> I'm very just like, I tell it like it is. So I would go there, sign up for the thousand um, collaboration. So we know that girls are interested in doing this. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I think I have 28. So we're still like, I still need 900 women. So please like, you know, go there and sign that up. Um, Yeah. All right, guys. So you got it. You heard it. You heard your call to action. We are sending power your way, motivation for those tough times. We know that you know how to pivot and we know that you know how to keep ahead even when things don't look so great. But we definitely want to send those vibes your way and we want to contribute. So if you guys are interested, and I know I am, I will be handed over there to sign up to be one of the thousand. I hope that you guys who are listening today, put a note in your phone, go ahead and voice if you're driving and tell, remind yourself to go and sign up to be one of the thousand because Anytime you see women creating something like this, we got to be a part of this. We got to be a part of this. So I just want to thank you, Serena, for taking time out of your day to be a part of the Brunch and Slave podcast. It's been so awesome getting to know your story and your, your journey. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's been my pleasure. So guys, if you enjoy the show as much as I enjoyed recording and getting to know Serena a little bit more, I want you to go ahead and do what you need to do. And you know, that's go ahead and review the show. Subscribe if you haven't subscribed already. And most certainly share the show. Share it on whatever social media platform is your favorite. And I will forever be thankful.
And until next time, I want you to always, always remember that if she can, I can, we all can. I'm Amira, and this is Brunch and Slay. 